Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone around the globe. Welcome in to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, March 29, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by my guy, the Rogue One, one of my gaming dads, and the co-host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Gary Witta. What up, Gary? How are you today? I'm good, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm good, Gary. You know, uh, week number three of you and I taking over Kind of Funny Games right? Daily together, and uh, I'm feeling good, looking good. Got some good sleep, awaited the big news that seem to come today. We got a lot to talk about, Gary. I'm liking the energy that you uh, that you bring every Tuesday and every Friday on the X-Cast, but I think that we've turned into a good pairing on KFGD. And my, my uh, I don't know if it's if it's lucky or not, but my streak of, uh, of big, news, big, big news items dropping on a Tuesday, it continues. We've got big PlayStation news. We've got big Nintendo news. So as we said earlier, who better than the Xbox crew? to break it all down for you <laughs> who better than us gary is right but i do have some special guests coming in for all of those playstation fans out there and nintendo fans so you won't just get the x bots but of course me and gary are gamers right gary i want you to know yesterday i was playing zelda breath of the wild as many of the best friends know i'm playing through that game for the first time ever and uh i went up to the top of a peak above zora's dominion and they said mike you got to get some lightning arrows but be careful there's a giant centaur man there that might rough you up a little <laughs> bit, Gary. And I said, don't worry. I am Link, and I will destroy this centaur man. And I battled him, Gary, for a whole 90 minutes, and I did defeat that foe. It took I you 90 minutes? Now, Gary, this guy didn't mess around, okay, Gary? This I mean, guy what's, was what's, what's, what's the longest you've ever taken on an Elden Ring boss? That seems like a long time. You're right, Gary. You know what? Elden Ring boss comes easy to me. I don't know what it is, but coming <laughs> easy to me over here. <laughs> but we do have some Zelda Breath of the Wild news, and we got a lot of news, Gary. So let's just get into it because, of course, today's stories include the first details of the new PlayStation Plus tiers, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 delayed, and Fortnite adds no build mode as a permanent mode because this is the kind of funny games All daily, right. each and every weekday at 10 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time live here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We bring you the nerdy news you need to know about. Of course, if you're not watching, don't worry. You can go catch it lot. You can go catch it on the VOD over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or listen on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. Don't forget, we are now Epic Games partners, which means you can jump into Fortnite and upgrade your look or jump into Rocket League and upgrade your car's cosmetics or buy games off the Epic Game Store and use our Epic Creator Code at checkout. That's kind of funny. It's no additional cost. You can help support the team in a brand new way. And talking about supporting the team, don't forget, if you are part of our Patreon, if you go over there and support us over at the bronze tier or above, you can write into the show. And if you subscribe at the silver tier or above, you get the show ad-free without having to watch any of those pesky ads here on Twitch or over on the VOD, but talking about Patreon producers, I'd like to give a big thank you to our Patreon producers of the month for March, Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, and Frankski. But today, the show is brought to you by Uplift Desks. We'll tell you all about them in just a little bit. But for now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Today, we have three news stories. A uh, baker's dozen. Thank you, Kevin. Of course, the big one, Mr. Gary Witt. And I have brought in a special guest, the young king, Forbes 30 under 30. Uh, of course, the uh, future class of video games, Mr. Blessing Adeoye Jr. is here to join us and talk all things PlayStation Plus because we got new details on the new PlayStation Plus tiers right now today. And it's coming straight from the PlayStation blog post. We got a lot. And so I've also read up on the on the gamesindustry.biz 
article where they have a sit-down interview with Jim Ryan himself. So I'll pull a couple of pieces from that. I highly encourage you to go check that out over on gamesindustry.biz. A great sit-down interview with Jim Ryan. But let's pull right from the PlayStation blog right now. All new PlayStation Plus launches in June with 700 plus games and more value than ever. Today, we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription service. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high quality, curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Here's an overview of the three membership tiers. At the bottom tier, PlayStation Plus Essential Benefits provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. There are no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. The price for PlayStation Plus Essential remains the same as the current price for PlayStation Plus. United States, of course, if you're outside the States, go take a look at your pricing structure. I want to keep it short and simple. $9 a month, $24.99 quarterly, and $60 yearly. PlayStation Plus Extra, your benefits for this mid-tier, provides all the benefits from the essential tier, adds a category or a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. The price in the U.S., $14.99 a month, $40 quarterly, $100 yearly. PlayStation Premium, your top dog. Here's your benefits. Provides all the benefits from the essential and extra tiers. Adds up to 340 additional games, including PlayStation 3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations, offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in, in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using the PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. The price for the big tier. United States, $18 a month, $50 quarterly, $120 yearly. Now, I do want to add a little caveat for all of you outside of the states and in areas where cloud streaming is not an option. They say PlayStation Plus Deluxe for select markets. So this is your fourth tier, but for, for select markets out there. For markets without cloud streaming, PlayStation Plus Deluxe will, off, will be offered at a lower price compared to premium and includes the catalog of beloved classic games from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations to download and play along with time-limited game trials. Benefits from essential and extra tiers will also be in, included. Local pricing will vary depending on your market. To wrap this up before we start discussing the new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure the hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content that sets it apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More details to come on the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. Banana, somebody wrote in there. When the new PlayStation <laughs> Plus service launches, PlayStation Now will transition into the new PlayStation Plus offering and will no longer be available as a standalone service. PlayStation Now customers will migrate over to PlayStation Plus Premium with no increase to their current subscription fees at launch. We're providing an early look at our new PlayStation Plus subscription service today, and we'll plan to share more information with you as we get closer to launch. Stay tuned. So Gary Witta, of course, we brought on Blessing, so I'll get him involved in just a moment as well. 
that's a lot of breakdown, but really we're breaking it down into three big tiers. PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, PlayStation Plus Premium, okay? And so they all offer different things. Let's just gauge the room. Gary Witta, how does this sound? Are you excited for the new PlayStation Plus offering? There's a lot to unpack, certainly. There's a lot to talk about. And I want to start by saying it's, you know, we don't yet know enough to know whether or not this is a true Game Pass competitor. Oh, wow. Because this okay. is still very broad strokes. There's a, there's a couple of big things we can point to. Um, they, I think that Sony clearly needed to do something because they've been getting kicked all around the block by Game Pass. It's, you know, it's, it's the thing that everybody, everybody loves. And people keep saying, like, where's the Sony version of that? And plus, also, their previous offering was a bit of a mess, right? PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now. There was a lot of confusion as to why would you need both? What do you get from each one? Um, and they've consolidated that and cleaned all that up and, and rebranded everything under this new offering. So that makes a lot of sense for them. Um, there's there's a lot of specifics missing. You know, they say 400 titles on this tier, 700 titles on that tier. We don't yet know what those titles are. Certainly, they they threw out some big names. You know, Mars Morales, God of War. These are these, you know, Return. All these are all big names, but they're catalog titles. And of course, the headline news that's come out of this, and Jim Ryan, they, they clearly anticipated the need, you know, to to address this right away. Is Jim Ryan obviously came out with a with an a, with an accompanying uh, piece of commentary saying we didn't feel it was the right choice for us here at Sony to do day and date new new releases, mm. first party releases, and big third party uh, releases. And that, of course, is one of the flagship features of Game Pass, right? Big, big tie, everything from Halo. And Forza and Age of Empires, so the you know, third-party titles like Tunic that just dropped. You know, there's always something new dropping uh, on Game Pass. Sony's not going to is is clearly has clearly decided they don't want to go down that road. And it's interesting the differences in philosophies, right? Because these Sony and PlayStation and, and Xbox, very very similar companies. They they make very similar game boxes, right? Aimed at very similar audiences, selling very similar games. There's not a lot of daylight between the two companies in terms of the kind of products they make and who they try to sell them to. But when it comes to this very, very key part of it, you know, the, the fact that Microsoft has really distinguished itself by saying, yeah, you're going to get all of our key first party titles, plus a bunch of, you know, other really good new releases practically every week. That's a key offering of Game Pass. Sony has said, yeah, for whatever reason, we're not going to do. Jim Ryan actually didn't go into it. He just said, it's, we don't think it's, it's, it's a good, it's good for our titles. We don't think it's a good choice for us. But he didn't elaborate. Um, but that's, I think, initially what people are talking about. Well, where's where's the big day and date stuff? Like, why why can't we get God of War if I if I pay for PlayStation Plus Premium and I'm paying essentially the same price as I am for Game Pass? Uh, why don't I get uh, God you know God of War um, Ragnarok the day it comes out? You know, or, you know Wolverine or the next you know big title that's going to be you know exclusive to the platform? They've decided they don't want to do that. So what's left? A big catalog of um, of uh, legacy titles catalog titles which they have not elaborated on um the playstation 3 stuff's nice um cloud streaming of course i think is a product of the fact that the uh, playstation 3 had that funky cell processor difficult to emulate locally so they're going to have to do streaming um ultimately i think it's too early to say i think you know we've been living with game pass for a while a lot of a lot of us have had that experience in our houses for a long time we're used to game pass it's part of our daily gaming lives we've gotten used to it we know what it is and we understand what we think of it in terms of value I don't think it's fair to take that, a system that we've lived with for a long time, and compare it to this very still kind of broad stroke blue sky description that Sony is offering three months from release. We need to know what the games are. We need to know how well the cloud streaming is going to work. We need to know um, how how often and how frequently are they going to free, are they going to refresh the library and with what quality of titles. We don't know any of that yet, and we won't know that until the until the service has has a bit has had a bit of time uh, to bed in. I, but but right now certainly I think the big the biggest news that I responded to and what I've seen so far in terms of kind of the you know the hot take machine uh, spitting out its uh, its opinion on this is the, the the lack of that big you know first party day and date um, uh, releases yeah. seems to be the big differentiator. Yeah, Gary, yeah, uh, you're so right, and I I'm happy that we were able to bring on Blessing. So Blessing, thank you for your morning and thank you for your time to come join us because of course the chat and the comments will go wild as you and I host of the kind of funny X Cast. People will look at us as we're comparing, you know, apples to apples. But really, it is a different service, right? And Blessing will tell you here in just a moment, Spartacus, when it was first announced, people were putting it up as the Game Pass competitor. And we kind of rolled that back in the weeks leading up to today of, well, you know, it's not a Game Pass competitor. It's going to be its own different service. It will offer its own different stuff. And today we clearly see that. So I'm glad that Blessing is here because we can have the 
PlayStation's perspective on this. PlayStation, uh, I should say, Blessing, I'm looking at a lot of feeds on my timelines. I'm looking at a lot of people's initial reaction. As a PlayStation fan, where are you? Are you happy with what Jim Ryan and the team over at Sony have presented to you as a PlayStation gamer? Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, this is maybe the most unexciting version of what this could be. And it's mm. also the most expected, just in terms of this these, This is what has been talked about in all the reports, right? This is what uh, Jason Schreier was saying. This is what Jeff Grubb was saying. And this is what I think, like, th this is what I think the natural progression of all this was going to be, right? This is, is housekeeping, right? It is them going, all right, PlayStation Now doesn't really work as a brand. Like, enough people are subscribed, but... PlayStation Now isn't exciting, right? It's not a thing that they that they sell, and it's not a thing that they are able to prop up and go, oh, everybody needs to get PlayStation Now. PlayStation Plus is that. PlayStation Plus is a thing that, that they treat as their primary uh, subscription service that people should get into. And I think that's pretty much what this is. I think the Game Pass competitor conversation is interesting because I don't think... I don't think this is a Game Pass competitor, uh, at least in terms of strategy. You know, uh, Gary's talking about the day and date thing, which I don't think was ever going to be, be a reality for PlayStation, just in the fact that... PlayStation view their first-party PlayStation Studios titles as premium. Like, these are the, the best of the best. We're investing all this money into it, right? Like, you look at the, the Jim Ryan interview that he did with Christopher Dring over at GamesIndustry.biz, and he addresses it saying, I'm, I'm going to read directly from the article, right? Again, this is GI Biz. Uh, uh, what it doesn't include, unlike its main competitor, are new first-party games that launch in the service at the same time as they come out at retail. Quote, we feel like we're in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. Quote, where the investment delivers success, which enables which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think gamers like that cycle, end quote. He continues, quote, in terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as you know, or as you all know, that is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if, we're, if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we make uh, in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of our games that we make would not be something that gamers want. And I think, I mean, basically what he's saying there is that, hey, if we were to put our games out day and day on the service, we won't be able to make these games as premium premium as you want it, right? We won't be able to make Last of Us Part Two level of quality. We won't be able to make God of War Ragnarok level of quality because these are games we're able to make because we're charging $60, $70 for them. And there are games that are that are there to sell sell you on the console, but then also sell 10 million, 15 million, 20 million copies. And so I think in the way that PlayStation works, like inherently just from the structure of the company, they just can't make that happen. In the way that Xbox with Microsoft money, with all the acquisitions, with the varying, and I don't even want to say level of quality because like quality, I think quality is a bad word in this context. I'll say the varying scope and the varying like premium levels of games that Xbox puts out on their side, right? I think there's a good range there in terms of we have Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 is a dope ass game, right? That is getting Game of the Year nominations and Game of the Year awards. It's not necessarily it, you're not seeing the same amount of budget put into it as a God of War Ragnarok or a, or a Last of Us Part 2, but that is okay because we're able to sell this game and put it on Game Pass and make it work. We're able to put Sea of Thieves on Game Pass and make it work. We're able to put varying levels of games with varying levels of budgets on Game Pass and make it work. Whereas PlayStation is so focused on that premium experience that is like the the best of the best, the highest budget. And with that, I just don't think that works for the PlayStation strategy. I think there's a lot to break down here in terms of what this is, right? And like what works about it and what doesn't work. I think for me, what does work about it is the fact that, you know, comparing it to PlayStation Now, I think you are getting a better price overall, especially looking at looking at the yearly. The monthly is kind of insane like it's almost for, twice as expensive if you pay monthly that's crazy isn't yeah, it yeah that's the scary part you got to break it down yearly yeah and jim ryan said in that interview as well he says that's the best value is yearly. yeah the, the the and that's always been the case for playstation right like they really try to usher people into the yearly subscription because most people are paying yearly anyway and so when i look at that 120 dollars price point for playstation plus premium i believe kind of funny.com slash you're wrong chad you can correct me if i'm wrong I think that is cheaper than if you were buying PS Plus and PlayStation Now separately. Like if you pay that, or it's at, at least comparable, if not cheaper, right? And I think that's a good deal because you are getting, 
seemingly better offerings when you talk about PlayStation, PS2, PSP games, when you're talking about PS5 games being included as well. PS5 games are a thing that are not on PlayStation uh, now, right now. So if you're getting that, that's awesome. They're talking about Miles Morales. They're talking about Returnal. I'm I'm with Gary in, in terms of the wait and see kind of thing of, hey, how good is this going to be really? Because for me, the, the, def- the defining factor is going to be the library. What PS1 games are we going to see? What PSP games are we going to see? What PS2 games are we going to see? Because the ones that are offered right now on PlayStation Now aren't a great offering. Like, we need way more than that. Uh, and so I'm kind of wait and see on that. I think if they if they bring out bangers for that, that's going to be really exciting. But I can easily see them not <laughs> bringing out bangers. Like, I can easily see it being the same thing of, all right, here's 20 PS2 games. Here's 30 PS1 games. And they're the ones that you expect. And they're the ones that are re-released all the time. I think that'll be a, a, a bummer outcome. I think for me, the other bum- bummer outcome out of all this is the, the, the PS3 games not being natively backwards compatible. That's, I think, slightly to be expected. But also for Project Spartacus, right, this new play- PlayStation Plus revamp that has been talked about in terms of being an answer to Xbox Game Pass, even though it's not really. I think what you want from them is to support their legacy the best they can. And when you look at Xbox, one thing I was talking about yesterday on KFG is the fact that you ha- you have uh, uh, FPS boost, right? You have up res. You have all these things that Xbox does to their games, to their old games, to make those games feel new and to make those games exciting to jump in again. Like, look at how, Mike, you jump into Saints Row. I jumped into Dishonored when Dishonored uh, came out with FPS boost. And it felt like a new experience. I played, I, I bought Prey, uh, the new Prey, on my PlayStation 5, right? Played it a little bit and went, oh man, this kind of sucks, right? This is like 30 FPS, like this is not running well. And then I got it on my Xbox uh, at Series X and the game ran so smoothly, right? Like it is th- it, it is those levels of support for legacy titles that makes that such an exciting thing on Xbox. And for the fact that for PlayStation, you can't even put in the money to make the PS3 games run on your system. Like I, I understand it's difficult. I understand cell processing. I understand that it would probably cost millions of dollars maybe to like get those things to work. But I don't think it's it's impossible, right? Like I don't think it, people have made PS3 emulation work on PC. On uh, PC, I think PlayStation has the resources to make PS3 emulation work on PlayStation. It's just the fact that for them, they don't see it as worth it, and I don't think they see it as worth it because they don't want to put in the work to make it worth it. I think they can put in the work to make it worth it, but they just don't want to, and so they're just resting on streaming because that gets the job done. I think that's a bummer. I think we should see PS3 uh, uh, native games, but. Yeah, like aside from all that, I'm very much like wait and see on library and all this stuff. I think this announcement is good and bad to to, to sum it up. Good yeah, I think, okay. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's, it, I think it's easy to get sucked into the uh, versus Game Pass side of the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we like to, we, you know, we, we love the, the horse race of it all and we like to pick winners and losers. And um, it is it is going to be an issue going forward, right? When... Uh, as, as, as people go into the new year, like, like I said, right now, when people ask me if I should, if they should get a PlayStation or an Xbox, I say Xbox is Game Pass is the differentiator. Um, and is, is, uh, is this, uh, are these new PlayStation plus tiers really going to close that gap? seems like they're going to close it a bit, but not all the way. The Jim Ryan statement, I think is really interesting. He's basically, I don't know if he's saying what Microsoft's doing is not sustainable, or if he's simply saying, we just can't afford to do what they do, but he's basically saying we can't afford to do this. Like it doesn't make economic sense for us. Um, so he's, he's either saying it doesn't make economic sense for anyone, or he's saying that again, Microsoft's just got deeper pockets than us, or they're willing to invest more than we are. But either way, I do think that's going to be the biggest thing that people look at going forward. It's not just about Halo and Forza and the really big Gears of War type titles. It's also about, you know, like Tunic and just, you know, or, or, um, what was the last time I was playing recently? Artful Escape. Does you just, you name it. Like every week on, on Game Pass is just, there's new games dropping. And like, like I said, new games, right? New games is the key. Sony has a wonderful library. I think one of their strongest, um, things that they've got in, in, in their, in, in their arsenal is across five generations of PlayStations, they have built an incredible, incredible legacy, an incredible library archive of games. And by opening that up and making many more of them available, that's I think that's going to be a great part of the value going forward. But they're old games. They're legacy games. And as Blessing pointed out, then it doesn't seem like they are doing some of the FPS boosts or some of the other things that Microsoft are doing to kind of make those titles uh, you know, kind of sing again. I had a similar experience with Watch Dogs 2 recently. I'd never played Watch Dogs 2, but when they added FPS boost, I went in and played it. And it, I felt it felt like playing it on current gen technology because the FPS boost stuff is really, really great. Again, Microsoft was was the first mover here, right? They have been developing this strategy and this side of things for, for a lot longer than Sony. So again, I don't think it's fair necessarily to compare a very mature Game Pass ecosystem 
to what Sony is just now rolling out. It's going to take time for them to build it out and figure out what's working and what's not and and build that library. And, and, we'll, and we'll see where they are in like after six months or a year of this. I'm glad they're doing it. I will definitely jump in. I'll probably come in maybe at the middle tier and see what that and, and see what that bigger tier looks like you know once we actually know what the titles are again we don't there's like 700 things we don't know about PlayStation Plus premium right now right we don't know what any of the games are and that's and, and we don't know how well the cloud stream performs so there's a lot still to figure out there'll be a lot of conversations going forward as this thing rolls out starting in June but for right now is it is it is it better than what Sony's currently offering yes is it as good as game pass no well said there gary uh, one Gary, more thing, one more oh, thing yeah, I want to uh-huh. I want to I want to throw in there too is like uh, one thing I find peculiar and interesting is the time limited game trials that are available at oh, the okay. PlayStation Plus Premium mm. uh, thing, which is the highest tier. I find that to be such a weird move. And like one thing I t- I've talked about before too, when uh, the uh, this situation was getting leaked and reported, I don't like the three tier system. I do wish it was two tiers. I feel like three tiers oh. gets complicated. Like Mike, I as we were reading through the news story, you know, I was keeping an eye on chat, and yeah, chat was like. Bro, I am lost right now. I need a chart. Correct. I need somebody to break this all down. And it's the <laughs> fact that, like, you look at these different tiers, and it is all right at PlayStation uh, Plus Essential. You're getting basically PS Plus now, or well, where you're getting right right now with PS Plus, I should say, right, which is the two ex- two monthly downloadable games. You get online, you get cloud storage, yada yada yada. You get you get up to PlayStation Plus Extra, and it's like cool. Here's a bunch of PS5, PS4 games, right? You get to PS Plus Premium, and they're like, cool. Here's game trials. Here's old games. Here's PS2, PSP, not PS Vita. Here's and when you get in into like the nitty-gritty of like what's being offered it is ridiculous i feel like this is a crazy way to do it um it feels very confusing if you're new to the playstation ecosystem i can't imagine like like sony's never been good at this right again we playstation plus versus playstation now was genuinely confusing no one could figure out what was really going on there this is less confusing than that but it's still confusing. I, I agree. One of my first thoughts is why don't we just have two tiers? That works very well for Microsoft, Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. And, and the difference between the two is very, very simple. It's one big thing. You get um, you get PC games as well. Like everyone understands the difference between the two things. Um, but this, again, like you look at that blog post, it's a lot to read. It makes me feel like one of those, you know, when, when games come out now, like here's the regular edition, here's the silver edition, here's the gold edition, here's the platinum edition, here's the super duper mega edition. And you, you, you have that grid of all the little dots, like, oh, this one has that dot, but this one doesn't have the other dot. And you've got to figure out like, what you actually want. I don't know. I, think, I, I do think it's one tier too many. They're clearly experimenting. Maybe they'll get rid of one of the tiers after a while when they fi- after they've had a chance to see what uh, you know which ones users are adopting and and so forth again the the pricing is weird like why pay monthly like, why pay twice as much like who who's going to want this for just a month right when you, when when you when you're being asked to pay i think it's so it's 120 dollars for the for the premium tier 10 dollars a month that i actually think that's very reasonable for their premium tier right that's competitive with yeah. uh game yeah. with game yeah. pass it's cheaper than netflix it's cheaper than a lot of streaming services out there but if you pay for it monthly it's 216 dollars a month that's almost no twice as much why, why no. even offer that no, no, nobody's like I, a few people are going to do that. Jana Garcia is going to do that because Jana Garcia likes spending that. money and redeeming nothing. <laughs> but like most people are not going to do that. Two things I want to two things I want to throw out too, right? Like, uh, you know, some people in chat are mentioning like, it's not that confusing for me and you. It's not that confusing, right? Like I read through all this and I get it for the most part because I've been with PS Plus for the for the longest time and I've also used PlayStation now and I understand what they're doing here. For Joe Schmo who's jumping over to PlayStation for the first time because they've been on Xbox or they've been on PC or they've not had a console, this is confusing. Like this is going to be confusing and it's not the biggest deal in the world i just think that two tiers would have worked a bit smooth uh, uh smoother and would have made more sense uh that's first and foremost secondly a lot of people are in chat are saying xbox does the same thing do you like that for xbox the fact that you have xbox uh gold and the two tiers for xbox game pass i think we've been preaching forever that they should just get rid of gold no they, yeah and, and, and they and they have made some moves in recent months to kind of clean that up as well it's still a bit of a mess i think they still have games with gold and stuff like that i don't i don't really understand what the point is, why they're still keeping that around. Yeah. But listen, I wanted to go back to your opening statement when you said you thought it was the least exciting version of what they could have released. What What's the opposite of that? What's the most exciting version? Given that you seem to think that the day and date, like putting like the, the next God of War or the next Last of Us or the next Uncharted, you know, that that full Game Pass parody, if that's off the table... What what would have been the most exciting realistic version of this for you? I think anything that would have told told us, hey, this is why you should be excited about this. I think there was nothing in this in this post that went, 
hey, PS Plus is evolving, and this is why this is a good thing. It felt very much like PS Plus is evolving, and here's the housekeeping of it. Here's all the nitty-gritty details. If it was like a, hey, we're offering old-school games like Metal Gear Solid, like Brave Fancy Musashi, right? Like, get po- get get on the top level of, like, here are the popular games, and then get on the low level of, like, not everybody played this, but for the people who know, you know, right? Like, show me the PS1 games, show me the PS2 games, talk about having kingdom hearts or shadow colossus or uh nba street volume 2 or whatever games you're able to burn out three whatever games you're able to get on the service tell me about those right i i i think that's first and foremost showing me the games i think secondly and they they try to do that with the ps5 and ps4 stuff right because they talk about returnal and and miles morales but like i think for the legacy stuff that's where some of that stuff would shine i think then also the ps ps3 games if you were able to play those natively on your ps5 i think that would be a game i think the whole tone of this whole thing would change, right? I think you would see so many people get hyped of like, oh shit, I can just straight up download Metal Gear Solid 4 and play it right now on my PS5 without game streaming. I think that would be a hit. You know, I think it's a, it's a lot of a lot of the little things that like you look at it and it's that it's the weird the weird PlayStation decisions and the way that we talk about the weird Nintendo decisions. Like PlayStation every now and then does a similar thing where it's like, all right, like I see what you're doing here, but why don't you do it this way? Like why don't you put in the extra effort? If they if they put in the extra effort in all in in all these all these little ways, right? Give me the PS3 games natively. Show me the PS1, PS2 libraries. Like show me why this thing is a banger as opposed to just a restructuring of what you already have. I think that would would be the the way more exciting way to do it. Yeah, I think I I think you may well be right. And you know, to to your point about not knowing what the games are. Yeah, we we talked about that. Um, a couple of times this morning, I think, and, and, and I think it's right. They, now they don't forget; they still have a couple of months, right, between now and then. For they sure. could do it. They could do another reveal, and here's some of the titles, and here's the full library or whatever. But I just wonder if by by not doing that all at once, and like they they could have done like a really cool video, right, where they threw a bunch of classic titles at you and kind of knocked your socks off. Instead, what we got was just very dry, almost like an intra-company memo, you know, this kind of very dry, you know, corporate kind of thing where. It doesn't convey a lot of excitement. Again, there's a lot of like, yeah, but what are the games? Like the actual key thing. Okay, 700 sounds like a lot, but what are the games? Are they going to be the games that we actually care about playing? I don't know. It just feels like I've been watching. I was up early this morning because I didn't sleep particularly well. And I was scrolling through all of the the information since it came out and looking at some of the the Twitter hot takes and, you know, some of the YouTube videos and people responding to it. And it seems like the collective response is a bit of a shrug, really. And 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 I wonder if the ultimate offering might be might be better than how people are responding to it right now just because sony if anything seem like they're kind of underselling it it's just they, they just didn't convey a lot of excitement i think i think it is 100 is worth waiting and seeing like all right how do they talk about this in the next coming months right like you know it it, it being announced for june feels far away but like we're at the end of march right like yeah. we're a month away practically right it feels like three months because it's march april june but like you're we're practically a month away from this thing it's sooner than it feels and so i think in the next month as they advertise it um we'll get more more of a clear idea and then we'll, we'll be able to judge a bit more um uh, uh clearly like what this thing is going to be but it's just when you look at the history of playstation and how they treat stuff i'm like you know, people are like, oh, you're going to see the PS2 games, you're going to see the PS1 games. And I'm like, but are they going to be the ones that we think they're going to be? Are they just going to be the offerings that like you just got in the PlayStation Classic uh, little console that came out and was kind of a dud? Is it going to be the same offerings that we got on PS2 for PS Now, right? Like, I want them to go above and beyond. And they're not, with with this kind of stuff specifically, PlayStation is not known to go above and beyond. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how they talk about it in the next month because I want I I want to be sold. I want to be excited for this. Guys, I appreciate both of your initial impressions uh, getting in on this one, and I'd like to hear from our viewers out there. So right after this quick ad break, we're gonna get some reader questions in about the brand new PlayStation Plus tiers. But until then, let's get a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just 
just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for taking a moment with our ads. Now, let's jump into some reader mail. Remember, you can write in and any each and every weekday to patreon.com slash games if you support us over on Patreon. And I want to kick off with the tier structure and talk about it with Gary and Blessing here. Gary and Blessing, there seems to be some question marks when it comes to the tier structures you guys have talked about before, but... The big question mark that I'm getting from Frank Furter and Grezik, who both wrote in with really the same question, and is it is like this. <laughs> is it odd that the highest paywall, you get classic games, but the modern games are at the middle paywall? Blessing, do you feel like that is the right way on the tier structure of having the highest tier with all the classic games hidden behind that? Or should that be the modern games behind the, the highest paywall? Uh, Mike, first and foremost, I got to issue an apology. All right, Thank I forgot. Oh, I, I forgot about one of the most important months of the year, and that is oh, okay. okay. I left Thank out May. You. I'm sorry, everybody. I said it was, I said it was a month away. It's two months away. It's two months away, everybody. I apologize. Um, May. I'm sorry for the disrespect. But also, uh, I don't think this. I if I was the head of PlayStation, if I was Jim Ryan, maybe I would do it differently. But I also see. I I, I think I understand why they're doing this. Right, like. In reality, most people are going to want the modern games, right? Most people want the PS4 and PS5 games, and I think it makes sense for them to go, "All right, let's get let's make that a lower tier." The most I think it is the hardest of the hardcore that is going to want the legacy stuff, that is going to want the PS1, PS2, PSP, PS3 games. Uh and that's why you make it at the highest tier because that's going to be the 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 bigger sell there. I think if you make the PS4, PS5 games at the highest tier, I think that ticks people off more so than makes it an exciting thing. And, and just so we're clear, I think this is, the, again, this is, I think, a product of the, the confusion that we're talking about here. It's just, I, I don't know if the, if the person writing in the letter is confused, but I, I can certainly see how you could read it either way. Each tier has, it has everything in the tiers below it plus the other stuff, right? So it's not like if you're coming at the highest tier, you don't get the classic games. You get the classic games plus the modern games. So it's like, you'll notice when they, when they later go, you know, this tier has everything in the previous tiers plus this. So, but the question is, should it have been ordered differently? Should I guess you know, should the modern games been on the mo- been in the the middle tier, and then the classic games thrown as an extra bonus for the premium one? I don't know. I'm sure they put a lot of thought into it. Again, we'll get a better sense when we know what the actual games are and when it's rolled out. Um, but yeah, I mean, to some extent, this is a little bit of the confusion that we're talking. About. So this tier has this game, but not that game. I don't know. It's 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 a little bit granular granular in terms of how they break it down again, certainly compared to, you know, other tiered offerings that we look at where, where it's just very simple. There's two tiers and with the super tier, you get this one extra big thing and it's very straightforward. Um, I can, I can definitely see there being a lot of consumer confusion going forth as people are trying to figure out which, which subscription is right for them. Blessing. I like how you put that. Cause I agree with you on that. Like the modern games are what I'm coming for. Right. Bless. So I look for that. I like that at that middle tier compared to the higher tier, where I'll get more of the classic game selection along with the modern games. But I do look to get those modern titles on the PS4 and the PS5. I look forward to seeing the library. I guess another question for you, Bless, in particular, because me and Gary, and you've brought it up before, is the downloadable side of the classic games. Are you at least happy? I know we talked about the PlayStation 3 still being cloud titles. Are you excited, though, that you get a number of older games downloadable at this point? that's to be expected like it was that way with playstation now where you had the ps2 games downloadable um and so like yeah like that's it's a good move it's nice to see ps1 games there as well um but it's not for me it's not a surprising thing for me it's like okay good like this better be the case because if for some reason it was like hey we're streaming these games now and and, uh uh we're we're at it we're we're adding in like we're we're expanding that library and it's all going to be streaming instead of download downloading i think it would be more (laughs) <laughs> like theory for me than anything um but yeah i think it's a good move um i just hope that like i the thing that i hope for is that they are still working and this is me not trying to like be super hope- hopeful right but like 
I, I hope they're still working on PS3, getting those games natively downloaded. I hope it's a thing of, hey, the technology is hard, but in the way that on Xbox we saw the um, gradual growth of backwards compatibility and then work, work on it over the years and then eventually add in cool features and add in and expand that library. I hope it's the same thing going on for PlayStation where it's like, hey, slowly we're going to happen, right? It's not going down in 2022, but maybe we can happen in 2023 or 2024. I hope that's the case. I think yeah, one of the things, sorry, Matt, I was going to say, I think one of the things that we didn't talk about enough really is the, the cloud streaming element of this, because there are some really interesting elements to this. I don't think we mentioned at all, did we, that um, this means you'll be able to stream these games on PC. That's cool, right? So, you know, you don't even need a PlayStation if you want to get in on some of this stuff. But there's also a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns, right? Like it's, it's, it kind of sucks that because of that weird choice they made with the cell processor many, many years ago with the PlayStation 3, that there is an entire generation of games the play and there's some banger games on playstation 3 some really good games that we want to go back and revisit that are only going to be available through cloud streaming so if you don't have a great internet connection forget about it and even and as, as we know from xbox cloud streaming and stadia and other systems where you know it's still not 100 percent perfect even if you have a really great internet connection that's that cloud streaming can still be a little bit stuttery a little bit messy and Again, I'm not speaking from a position of, uh, of of any knowledge of any inside knowledge here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a guess just based on what anyone knows about the two companies that Sony does not have and and has not made the same investment in time uh, and money in cloud infrastructure that Microsoft. Microsoft is a company that is it pivoted almost entirely to cloud infrastructure and is in fact one of the backbones of the internet with with all of its you know cloud infrastructure. Sony's nowhere near that, so it remains to be seen. Um, if their if their if their cloud service is quite simply going to be as good as what you know a, a, an internet cloud native company like Microsoft or you know Amazon with their, with Luna or Google with Stadia, what they're able to do. Follow-up question for you, Bless. On that, actually, I'd love to get some clarification. Maybe you know. Of course, me and Gary coming from the Xbox side, you know, Xbox is building this ecosystem and the ability to stream off the cloud with the phone and with the PC allowing us not to have the console hardware. Is that what this is offering us with the tier? Are you telling me that I could stream a catalog of PlayStation games on PC without needing the hardware? Or is this going to be something similar with my PS Vita where it's going to be pinging off of the hardware? Do you know, Blessing, if that's how this is going to go? Wait, ask that question again. So, like, are you asking uh, if streaming uh, works? Like, I'm streaming on PC. Does that mean I don't uh, need a PlayStation at all? I can subscribe correct. to a PlayStation tier and stream a catalog of PlayStation games without any sort of PlayStation already. Yes, I, I believe that is the case. Yeah, okay. where it is, you're you're coming in, you buy the PlayStation wow. plus plus uh, uh, a premium subscription now, mm -hmm. and then you you. Uh, basically have access to a bunch of PlayStation games that are available on the service that are available through streaming. It works exactly like that, which is really cool. I think I you like will that. at least I think I think it, you will at least need a controller. I don't think you'll be able to like oh, yeah. plug in a, an Xbox or a generic controller. You're gonna need a, some kind of DualShock or DualSense uh controller. But yeah, I, because I, isn't that how PS Now currently works? I don't think you need a PlayStation that, that, for that either. That is how it currently works. Yeah. All you all you need is a, is a controller and it works that way. And I assume that this is gonna work the exact same way that PlayStation Now worked. Now do you think that catalog will bring in people that don't have the PlayStation, let's say PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, or maybe you're just on the outside of the console ecosystem. Do you think that's a big draw for people? I think if they expand it, I think if they add way more games and the games are dope and that'll bring bring people in. I Nowadays, you don't, I don't hear many people talk about how they're playing PlayStation games on PC. I know they're out there for sure, but it's not a thing that I hear evangelize as much. It's not a thing I hear about people. Uh, I hear people go like, hey, like I don't have a PlayStation, but it's all cool because I'm playing these games this way. Um, one thing I do want to check in, though, is that uh, this is another kind of funny.com slash your wrong thing, because I, as far as I can tell, this might not be the case, right? Like PS5 games available on the service aren't aren't. Uh, streamable on pc i think it is just the the uh, classic games and then yeah I maybe think the so. ps4 games i i think that's a bummer like if they can if they can bring in the ps5 games i think that'll be the draw that you're talking about mike where it mm -hmm. is like mm -hmm. oh shit i can play returnal on pc through streaming i think that would be an exciting thing but it doesn't seem like that is the case here which I think is a missed opportunity, but again, it might be something that they're, that they're working on that might also come back to the Jim Ryan thing that he's talking about in the, in the in the interview in terms of that devalues our first party games, and we want to be able to release the 
exciting polished up versions of these these ps5 games on pc when they're ready which is like maybe a year or two after so that, that i mean have and, that, that repeated and, sales success. and that's an, and that's another differentiator between game pass or at least game pass ultimate and um what we're talking about here is that you know when we go back to those big first party titles that launch in game pass whether it be age of empires uh forza uh halo uh, or, or what have you, those are all on PC day one as well. Sony's, you know, there's not going to be a God of War Ragnarok day one PC. Let's end this PlayStation conversation with one more final reader mail coming in from BJ Bernardo. That's a two-parter. He writes, hey, y'all, how long after first-party studios launches will it, or first-party studio games launch, will it take to show up in PlayStation Now and, or in the new PlayStation Now, and do you all think that Sony will get aggressive and try to get third-party studio games for the new PlayStation Plus? Do you think they'll have third-party studio games launch day one on the service? So let's break it down into part one. Gary Witta and Blessing, how aggressive do you think PlayStation will be with those first-party games launching into the service later on? What is the time frame? Six months, a year, and also a, a nice clears-day example. MLB The Show 2022 comes out next month day and date on game pass do we see this hitting the playstation service as an added benefit or do you think it will still release at that 60 dollars full price title and then later on into the service blessing i'll kick it to you first what's the time frame what do you think this is one that fascinates me because uh i look at xbox right and games of gold and you've seen how with Xbox um, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, as that has expanded and gotten better and better and better and has, has had doper games launch on it, Games of Gold has gotten worse and worse. And you look at Games mm -hmm. of Gold and it's like, what the fuck are these games, right? The last few years of PlayStation Plus games have been pretty phenomenal. Like you've got, you've had quite a few games launch day and date, right? You've had Maquette, you've had Operation Tango, you've had Hunter's Arena Legends, you've had, um, uh, uh, I forget, Final Fantasy, no, no, I guess no, Final Fantasy VII launched, but it wasn't uh, integrated. But like you've had a lot of games, actually, Destruction All-Stars launch day and date, Bugsnacks. Um, I wonder with this new form of PlayStation Plus, if you see more games launch for that second tier, and then you see PS Plus games get a bit more not as exciting as they have been. I hope that's not the case. I hope PS Plus games still stay dope and still stay exciting because I think that has been such a uh, a great offering for it. But if that's the case, I don't I don't know if they can have their cake and eat it too, where we're getting banger PS Plus games and then also games added onto the service for that library tier from third parties that are day and day and are also exciting. Like that is the thing that I don't know if they can balance. Um, I do think that we might get surprises every now and then. We got Shadow Warrior 3, uh, uh, that dropped for PlayStation Now at the beginning of the month yep. and that was day and day. Yep. And that is a thing that is not normal for PS Plus or for PS Now. And so like, if they're doing that for Shadow Warrior 3, I wonder if that is a sign of things to come. And maybe we'll, we will see third party games here and there uh, launch in that way, especially for, developers who are like hey we want to launch our thing uh, our game on game pass like uh, let's take ubisoft for example rainbow six extraction launched for game pass and then launched uh as a premium game obviously for playstation what if for ubisoft they want that 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 um free tier right they want that subscription uh a tier for to get people in to build that audience so that they can evangelize that game to their friends or so that they can they can um uh get get microtransactions and get revenue that way right like I, th I, I think there is a cool future where it is you're seeing certain games launch on Game Pass and PS Plus day and day on both services at the same time because that that can be beneficial for certain types of games and certain developers sometimes. Uh, and so I, I, I have certain expectations that, yeah, we'll see games launch day and day, but I don't know if that's going to be the core strategy for this. I think it, it is still, still going to be the PS Plus plus PS Now that you know. Yeah, PS Plus has had some good stuff. Don't forget Fall Guys as well, Blessing, blew up yeah. almost entirely because it launched on PlayStation Plus. And you mentioned some other good ones as well. Like you said, Bug Snacks and the Destruction All-Stars was a fucking train wreck. But like, I, the point was I got to try and some of that and some of that Discovery Engine stuff that we always get so excited about when we talk about Game Pass, like the opportunity to try games that you otherwise would not have uh, purchased um, is is really, really helpful. Maybe their game, maybe this, this Game Trials feature that again, they're hinting at very vaguely will help do some of that stuff. But that's one of the greatest things about Game Pass right now is the ability to kind of try things that you might not and discover things that 
you might not otherwise have found. And it's not just about the big, you know, first party titles, but again, everything like whether it be Tunic or whether it be a Memoir Blue, which is a game that I've been interested in. That I was, oh shit, that's on Game Pass. Like every week, it's like, oh wow, I didn't know that was on Game Pass. And there's some cool little discovery. You have to remember though that every single time a game like that from a third party shows up on that service, whether it be on PlayStation Plus or whether it be on Game Pass, Microsoft's paying that company to put that game on there, right? So, Sony paid Mediatonic a lot of money to put Fall Guys on PlayStation Plus. Uh, and make it exclusive to them for a, for a, for a set period, just like Microsoft, you know, pays third-party uh, publishers and developers um, to get their games on Game Pass. So they're you know they're sinking a lot of money into building these libraries and building these ecosystems, just the same way that Netflix spends all this money you know, buying and building uh, and creating original content, so they can just like keep saying you know our our value proposition is the best. Look how much amazing original content we have. There's this huge race to spend money right now in the content streaming business and we're seeing it you know on the on the game side as well the question is who's got more appetite who's got deeper pockets who's more willing to really go to the mat to spend the money to make their offering um you know like an offer you can't refuse microsoft's way ahead in that right now but as they should be they've been doing it for a lot longer sony is just getting started i'm sure their strategy will will adapt and evolve as you know they get deeper into this and they they get their data back on what's working and what's not working so it really really is too early to say We'll just go back to what we said at the beginning. I just wish there had been a bit more detail on what we're actually going to get because right now it's still very abstract. Uh, Mike, a couple of things to I'll, th I'll, I'll throw at you, right? To your yeah, question please. of the the timing of when you see big first-party games come come around. Right now we're looking at Returnal that uh, that's coming to the service, and that is about a year after Returnal is coming out, right? And you're seeing Miles Morales come to the service too. I think that could be indicative of, yeah, maybe it is after year one, you're seeing certain first-party titles, maybe not all of them, but like certain cool ones make their way to the service, and I think that'll be dope. Um, so that's first and foremost. But then the other thing I'll, I'll throw in there, too, is PlayStation as a company, they're changing a lot. Um, you look at the acquisition of Bungie, and you look at what they're doing with live service games. We've not necessarily seen the fruits of that yet, but... You, you know, you know, you've had the the acquisition of Haven, and they're working on something live service. Again, you have Bungie, you have other PlayStation Studios that are working on multiplayer games, and they've talked about have they've they've talked about wanting to launch ten live service games in the, in the next few years. I could see through that and through certain partnerships also with PlayStation, whether it be Deviation Studios, Firewalk Studios, the um, a lot of the partnerships that they've made that aren't necessarily owned first party studios, but are games being developed for PlayStation Studios. I could see opportunities open for those games to make their way day and date to PS Plus because, you know, again, you're talking about multiplayer, you're talking about um, building a player base, and you're talking about games that are different kinds of games. Like, these aren't the God of Wars. These aren't the Last of Us Part Twos, These aren't the Ghost of Tsushima's. These are games that are trying to live and thrive based on player base and based on, you know, ongoing transactions, ongoing keeping this thing alive. And I think PS Plus could be a great avenue to make that happen, right? Like, what if we launched... Haven Studios game, Bungie's next game, X, Y, and Z games as a service game on PS Plus at that second tier to get people in. I think that I, I think that persuades a lot of people to buy in, and also I think that could be good for the games as well. Well, a lot to break down there. A great conversation between you and Gary. I appreciate you, Bless, for joining us to talk all things PlayStation. Remember that the newest episode of PSI Love You XOXO has been delayed till Thursday to talk about all of this big-time news. So if you want more in-depth discussions with Greg, Janet, and Blessing, make sure to tune in for their podcast coming up later on in the week. But I will say, Blessing, Gary, uh, in the gamesindustry.biz article, 50 million subscribers over on PlayStation Plus, and now a lot of choices being made by these PlayStation fans out there. Very interesting to see where they go and what shakes out in the coming months. But bless if you can stay on for just one more because let's move on to story number 2. Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 delayed in a video posted on the official Nintendo channel states that the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has been delayed until spring 2023. In the video producer of The Legend of Zelda series, Aji uh Anuma, if I mispronounce that, my apologies, shared the updates on the game's progression and how it will be delayed to spring 2023 instead of its targeted date of 2022 to extend their development a bit. Noting the game is set to take place on ground and the sky, plus now offer a wider variety of features like new encounters and new gameplay elements. Blessing, you hear that. Are you saddened by the delay? 
I am sad, but I'm not surprised. You know, whenever I hear that a Zelda game has been delayed, it's kind of par for the course. You know, like that is that's what Zelda games do. They get delayed. Uh, and of course, there's the famous quote of a game that gets delayed once comes out one day and it's not bad. Right. I, I butchered that quote, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's a bit of a bummer. Um, but like I think there's this year for video games is an incredible year. And you know, we just got Elden Ring. We're going to get uh, Starfield. We're going to, we might get God of War Ragnarok, right? There's hella games that are on the verge of coming out this year. And I think, I think it's, it's an exciting year nonetheless. And I am fine with waiting. Uh, take the time to polish. It's a pandemic. Games are hard to make, right? Like there's a lot of reasons why this could have been delayed. I think the wild thing about this though, is that this game coming out spring 2023 is going to mean that it'll come out six years after the first Breath of the Wild that is wild like that is a uh, that's a lot of time to be working on this game a game that like for me I, once they announced it i assumed that i was going to be like a majora's mass situation of all right cool you got the assets you got the engine you got uh, the, the 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 base gameplay loop cool this is gonna be very iterative surely this game is gonna take two or three years to make we are about to be six years later and this game is about to come out it's a that longer is wild wait, uh from uh skyward sword to the first breath of the wild which was a little over five years. God. Gary Winter, what do you think about Breath of the Wild 2 being pushed to spring? Are you still excited for this game? Yeah, of course. And I'm not even really that sad about it. Well, like, we'll live. You know, it's not like there's not gonna there's not gonna be like a massive, you know, tranche of, of games to play this holiday season. You know, it's, it's not gonna leave a massive void. There's gonna be a ton of stuff to play. And I suspect Nintendo's probably got some holiday stuff we don't even know about yet. There's there's gonna be other things. To play and listen when when the developer of one of the best games ever made in all of history gets up and says hey listen we're gonna need a few more months to make sure this one is as good as we want it to be what are you gonna do tell him to fuck off no of course don't be silly like give the guy the time and the team to tell these people know what they're doing trust that they know what they're doing and they're gonna get you the game in the right in the right shape and in the right time and again we've seen the opposite right we've seen what happens with cyberpunk we've seen what happens with battlefield 2042 we've seen what happens when they try to 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 release a game to hit some arbitrary fucking fiscal you know fourth quarter economic you know uh, target or whatever that never works out so it's clearly the right decision yes for people that are like really really anxious to play the new game it's a bit sad um that they're gonna have to wait a little bit longer but trust me it's all gonna work out in the end remember when remember when animal crossing new horizons got delayed and we were like oh no what a bummer and then it ended up coming out at exactly the right time saved the pandemic for a lot of people sold what 40 35 40 million copies or something one of the all-time best-selling games ever made like people have a lot of things to say about animal crossing new horizons no one really talks about the fact it was delayed anymore that's something that's just been lost in history because it's like the least relevant thing to talk about now when you talk about you know a game that everybody loved and so it will be with breath of the wild 2 it'll come out next year i'm sure it'll be totally great people will be obsessing over it and the fact that it was delayed for a few months is something that will just be like it'll be a footnote in history who cares yeah somebody that is playing zelda breath of the wild for the first time right now i am super excited about this sequel coming up and spring 2023 sounds like a great one for me i don't have to wait super long unlike everybody else who has waited for six years as barrett and blessing has said so I'm excited. I can't wait. And yeah, more power to the developers. Get that game looking right. Really good. And uh, we're excited for spring 2023. Gary, let's move into our final news story of today. Fortnite no build mode is now permanent. In a mm, tweet yeah. coming from Epic Games, <laughs> welcome to Fortnite zero build. No building, no problem. It's all about your combat skills on the ground. They released with a short little fun teaser trailer about that. Kevin, you are my number one Fortnite guy. We have been playing for the past nine days on the no build mode. It looks like it is going to be officially permanent, which Love means it. you will have different options. And Gary, we talked about this on the Xcast. We did. Just like PUBG with, you know, uh, third uh, over the shoulder. Uh, first person, yeah, they split person. it into two. Yeah. Now you get to look at it just like that. They're splitting into two. Kevin, I'll kick it to you first. What's your excitement level on no build mode staying forever? And... What do you think about splitting the player base? Uh, I mean, I'm stoked. Like, will this lead to more bots in my servers? I, mm. you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I like the okay. I like yep. the low uh -huh. skill players sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. I mean, I haven't looked into this at all. I'm very curious what it does for um, 
the the like battle pass and stuff like that is it is everything builds the same way that it, are all the missions accessible on both that's what i'm most curious about oh wow I hope to find yes, out more okay. later today very well said right there uh kevin you got to think about the missions and the progression how they'll balance the two of them gary let's talk about splitting the player base okay you know we usually talk about these games they really want to hold on to everything and keep all these players in one spot so you don't have one side of the game dying off as opposed to the other side. Are you happy with this split? Do you think this is the right move for Fortnite as it's always been a building game in this battle royale? As you rightly recall from last Friday, Mike, I did completely call this on the X cards when I said they, they might they might keep this around. I mean, I suspect a lot of people uh, predicted this might happen, especially after the, the kind of the time limited no build event that they're doing right now. Uh, seems to have been uh, so popular. And it is, I think, analogous to what happened with PUBG, which started as a third-person pl- third over-the-shoulder game. People increasingly wanted first-person. They added it, and then that became kind of the most popular version. People still play third-person, but like the real hardcore, the most, the, the main PUBG player base is now over in uh, first-person mode, and that basically became the default version of the game. And I do wonder if something similar will happen here. Somebody made the point, um, I, I read something, I think yesterday was talking about how like the, the, the building might be the thing that puts new players off. It's certainly the thing that has put me off when I've looked at Fortnite. I've never really jumped in and played it. I've kind of looked, I know a lot of people, people enjoy it and I've got friends that play it. Maybe I could jump in, but I watch people building these structures super, super fast. I'm like, oh God, I'm not going to be able to get my head around that. I know how to run around and shoot people in a battle royale arena. I've done that in many games, but the building just seemed, just kind of felt like that's an, that's an element that I'm just not going to be able to catch up to other people with. Since they've removed it, there's a, there's now a slightly greater chance that I would go in and play it, you know, a, 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 in just in terms of a battle royale, straight up, you know, um, shooter that I can get my head around. Um, it is interesting, though, isn't it? We talked about this on the Xcast as well. Is that building was originally what set Fortnite apart from the rest, right? It originally started as uh-huh. it was. It was just building, right? It was a kind of a tower defense game. Um, and then they added battle royale. It was, it was dying. Nobody was playing it. They added battle royale. That obviously took it to another level entirely in the rest of his history. And so now the, 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 it's kind of interesting that the building component, which is what literally Fortnite was built on kind of physically and metaphorically is now kind of this vestigial thing that maybe it's, it's now so successful that it's actually kind of holding them back and they're going to get rid of it. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just being, it's, it's just going to be kind of discarded like a snake shedding its skin or something and obviously there are people that really really like the building i think specific specifically competitive players who have gotten really really good at the building it's a key part of their strategy yes it's good that that is going to continue to be there but yeah to see the game fork into these two different ongoing permanent versions it's going to be really interesting to see what i don't know if epic's going to release numbers going forward or whatever maybe we'll just anecdotally we'll be able to kind of figure it out um but it's going to be interesting to see what becomes kind of the alpha version going forward it might it might very be might very well be the no build version yeah gary it it is very interesting to see what will this look like a year from now five years from now right like what is fortnite does it just turn off the building do we go back to building only i am excited to see that but for me as a casual player this is a massive dub as the young kids say right gary like i am (laughs) pumped up about this i've loved the no build mode with kevin joey and the gang here kind of funny i think it's brought new life And I think a lot of players have come back to Fortnite to enjoy that. Uh, I come to Fortnite for the cool, unique IPs that they've teamed up with, for the massive concerts that they've held, the fun, cartoony world that they've built, right? But for me, Fortnite's gunplay is just all right. It's not top tier like you see in Apex and in Call of Duty Warzone, right? And my worry is if we go away from the building, is that gunplay enough for me to stick around? And Yes, I like it right now for the initial nine days that we've had it with, but in the long term, three months, six months, a year from now, am I going to go back to Fortnite just for the no build mode? Or will I just say, well, if I'm not building, I need to go back over to Call of Duty where the gunplay feels tighter and is better. Or should I go to Apex where the movement is better than this, right? And so there is a big juggle for me right now where I like the no build mode, but like if I'm not going to build I'm going to go somewhere else because that's where the gun plays a little bit tighter and better. So it will I mean, be interesting the, to see. The key is, though, that no one's having anything taken away from them, right? They're yeah. adding an extra mode, right? It's not like if you love to build forts, that version's being replaced. It's still going to be there. The question's going to be where a player's going to go. And, you know, obviously Fortnite has enough of a player base that it could split 50-50 down the middle and still have two very, very healthy games. 
Mm -hmm. And so, Gary, before we end the show, we do have breaking news from coming from one Mr. Greg Miller and Tim Buddy. I have been informed, sad news, folks, that everybody's golf online services will be turned off as of September 30th, 2022. So if you still love everybody's golf, if you want to play Andy and Nick and Greg and the team here, kind of funny. The online services will be turned off September 30th, 2022. Like, you fucker, when you said, you had me there for a second when you said sad news for like two seconds. Oh, no, it was like something important happened. And then you started (laughs) talking about fucking everybody's golf. Gary, you know what? That news is just so far away. But if I wanted to know what is coming to the mom and grop shops today, where could I look? (laughs) (laughs) The official one who... So you've got me. I'm I'm, I'm still going. Um, The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. No one else is going to do it. Yeah, I think we put Kevin to sleep by how long this show has gone. What is it, by the way, with Greg being kissed to death for games? As soon as he likes a game, fucking everybody's gold dead, the Vita dead, Avengers dying. If Greg Miller tells you he likes your game, you are fucked. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know if you if you were gonna do the jingle or not. Oh, okay. Kevin, so no, I, did, could you hear it? Because I did do it. Oh, I don't have it on, so I probably couldn't. My okay. Apologies. All right. All right. No worries. Um, but uh, out today, as of Tuesday, March 29, two thousand twenty-two. This is what you can look forward to: Crusader Kings three on PS Five, Xbox Series X and S consoles, Crystar on Switch. Uh, Ikea on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. In Nightmare on PS5 and PS4. Pure Crosswords on Switch. Elder Scrolls Online Ascending Tide coming to Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, PS5, PS4. Vengeful Heart coming to Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, and Switch. WRC10, the official game coming to Switch. Abermore coming to PC, Forward Escape the Fold coming to PC and Mac, TFC, the Fertile Crescent coming to PC and Mac, Jiu-Jitsu Squad, Jitsu Squad, my apologies, coming to PC, Patrick's Parabox coming to PC and Mac. So those are your games releasing right now. Of course, each and every day here live, you can help keep us honest and correct us during the show by writing into kind of funny you're wrong so let's check really quick what we got wrong here Gary. Hey Mike, with a- I, also i don't know if you mentioned it on the list uh-huh. i just saw a tweet because uh, we were talking about apex um, oh let me playstation 5 and uh, xbox uh series x and I, I guess s as well um versions of apex legends launched today they finally did the next gen version really today. oh so, sweet yeah apex like fans we've been waiting for that next gen hardware boost you're gonna get it well you are okay you've got it now we got a couple right here. I'm going to balance before we get out of here. So one coming from the nanobiologist, he says the PlayStation plus extra tier specifically says that PS4 and PS5 games are download only not streamable. So for the question of, Hey, can you stream these games anywhere? He says, no, you cannot stream modern games right there. Frank Furter says, Gary, you can currently stream PS now games on PC. You need a DualShock 4 controller to play, and it's right. streaming only no downloads. Mm-hmm. And then one more final one coming from a couple of best friends says, Sony invested in Azure ser- servers with a partnership mm-hmm. with Microsoft, going against what Gary said to about them not investing in their streaming platform. We just haven't seen them been used yet. Now's the chance to, sh- to show what they've been investing in, right? If they're going to do mm-hmm. all the streaming stuff going but, forward. Uh, I mean, I, for the I rest of the note, oh, yeah. I was going to okay. say the thing to note there, it's like, they, I mean, they're investing in Microsoft streaming service, you know, not mm. their own because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that failed miserably, right? Maybe. I don't know about the streaming service. But yeah, like they, they were trying to, they were trying to build out their own oh. one and it just, they had no success. Yeah, it, ma- it, ma- it makes, company, it makes yeah. sense that they would have to partner with someone. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to do something like scale on the internet, you've got to go talk to Google or Amazon or Microsoft and, and partner up and, and basically rent their infrastructure, unless you're willing to spend billions of dollars and mm-hmm. years of your own building your own, you know, your own massive cloud infrastructure, which most companies obviously are not going to do that. Here's the host for the rest of the week. On Wednesday, you'll have Blessing and Tam, question mark. Thursday, you'll have Greg and Tim. And then Friday, you'll end the week with Greg and Bless. Of course, if you are watching live right now on twitch.tv slash games, after this, you'll have the fun 
Pros versus Joe's Returnal Challenge. Myself and Nick are going to tag team up in the new co-op mode versus S. Andy and Blessing to see who can get the furthest in Returnal. And then after that, we'll go check out the Challenge Tower with Blessing and Andy. But of course, if you can't catch that live, you can catch that over on VOD on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. With that, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those who have subscribed at the silver tier or above on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, be good to one another. Play some video games and let us know what PlayStation tier you're subscribing to come June. Peace, everybody. <laughs>